0: KG! And this is not safe for network!
1: Get in there you big- I don't care what you smell!
0: Oh my god, this girl's really turning me on.
1: I I didn't quite get that. Think it again?
0: Forget I thought it. It's a pressure valve. Won't open unless there's tremendous pressure. Oh, no, not the beast! Manta. Not the beast! Ah! Manta. I'm my eyes! Manta. montucky skies welcome to montucky skies i'm biggs
1: and i'm brandon and i'm back
0: yeah how was your vacation brandon
1: it was lots of fun i conquered the roller coaster that was uh taunting me for the last two trips
0: the roller what roller coaster was this was this in uh in idaho in idaho
1: at silverwood okay yeah uh, this roller coaster um i think it's over 200 feet tall and hit speeds of 65, 75 mile an hour wow. in like a second or second and a half.
0: That's crazy.
1: Like it is a ball buster. <laughs> did you? But it, it it's honestly the best coaster they have there because it's so smooth.
0: Have Did you uh, feel like any kind of whiplash or anything at any point?
1: It's Well, it's uh, one of the new designs. So it's like the seats all molded around you and like comes up between
0: your legs. Oh, so there's no jerking around. No.
1: And it just like, cause it brings you up. It's got like two towers, like that go up, you know, a couple hundred feet in the air and it goes like straight up the tower and then drops you. And that's where it hits that 65, 70 mile an hour. And it just like pushes you right into your seat. So it's not like you're free falling Well, you're free falling, but it doesn't feel like you're in danger and it just like pushes you against a seat and just pushes you up through the, like it goes through a couple of three or four spirals upside down and stuff. You know, what Then I, goes up the other tower and then does the thing backwards.
0: Wow. <laughs> you know what I was learning? Disneyland's big movies, which I really like. They do the roller coaster, but they do it in the dark all the time. Like most of their rides, it seems like you wind up in the dark for most of it and you just see little things. So it's almost, <laughs> it's weird. Like you're doing spins and stuff and like being whipped around, but then all of a sudden you're seeing like, I don't know, Yoda or whatever. <laughs> Some Indiana Jones shit somewhere.
1: Yeah, this uh at Silverwood, uh during October, they do what's called Scarywood is where they like, It's their Halloween sort of thing. But they have, like, throughout the park, they have, like, people hiding in bushes and jump out at people.
0: Did you go there some Halloween? No,
1: I've just heard about it. Oh. Um, And then one of their wooden roller coasters, they put the cart on backwards, so you ride the entire ride backwards. Oh.
0: (laughs) I would love to try that, dude. Like, that that one's pretty intense forwards. Yeah, I bet (laughs) it's. That one, wow. I hope it was designed to do that. (laughs) That's not them just being like, hey, let's do something special for Halloween. Backwards, why not? (laughs) 75 deaths Mm -hmm. later. (laughs) Maybe this wasn't a good idea. That's amazing. Um, Okay, so I'm just going to read off the list. We got so much ground to cover. (laughs) So much ground to cover. Um, Did you see Stranger Things? I saw the first episode. Okay, so this is a new show on, on uh, Netflix. It's got eight episodes. You may or may not have heard about it. It's definitely like the show that's got all the buzz right now. Yeah. Um. I, I was reading about it a lot. And I watched, the the second I read about it, I was like, I'm going to check this out. And uh, I started I started watching them. And I, my wife is really into it. So, like, I've been having to watch it with her. And it's, I really enjoy it. But what was your impressions of it?
1: Um, I really liked it. The only, there's two things that I didn't like about it. Okay. First off, well, it's only the first episode I watched. Right. I'm seven
0: of eight. So,
1: so, so far there, it doesn't feel like there's much to think about so far. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're just introducing stuff at this point. Right. So, I mean, it's, I mean, it's really unfair to like.
0: Oh, this isn't a thinking man show, though. But
1: that's the first thing. And the other is an anachronistic thing. I don't think the term douche was used that often. (laughs) douche Or douchebag.
0: Yeah, you're probably right. Because they
1: use it a lot. And it just, I don't like thinking back, like all of the slang from the 80s. Douchebag wasn't in there.
0: Oh, douchebag was definitely there. I don't know if it had uh if it was used as much as they used it, but it was definitely around. Like when I was a kid, I, I was well aware what a douchebag was before I found out what. But it wasn't like douchebag was.
1: But it wasn't something you called, you know, a douchebag.
0: Oh, I think it was. Dude, I don't know. Maybe that was a regional thing. Like. Like in Oregon, we definitely threw around douchebag in the mid-80s. I think this takes place in like 83, 83 right? Yeah. So I got to imagine if we we're using it in the mid-80s, it was probably around a little before then. But where were you at? Were you like in Colorado at that point? Uh, no, I was here in Montana. Oh, okay. All right. So maybe like not a Montana thing at that point, but it was definitely around in Oregon. I can vouch for that. <laughs> I definitely heard people being referred to as douchebags. But uh, the big thing about this show aside from Winona Ryder being in it and uh, just doing a great job. I mean, she's she's just like this broken up mom and she really brings it. And the dude who plays the sheriff is so fucking good. He is really good. Like, he's just... He's like the grizzled... Sh- like, okay. I, I should say what this show is first. Like, what it's paying homage to to make everything else make sense with this. Basically, this is like... Let's just take they're basically like, let's take Steven Spielberg from the the late seventies, early eighties, like anything that has kids. So most of his movies from that period, but not all of them, you know, but most of them. Right. Um, and then mix it with like Stephen King movies from that era. And then like add in some John Carpenter music, like not actual Carpenter music, but like Carpenter esque music and just turn it into this milkshake of a show. and, that's why I fucking love it, dude. It's taking all these things I'm like nostalgic for and love, and and like spin it out with like kind of it is it is like a new take on it. I mean, like so the characters are a little more modern than they would have been back in those times. Uh, specifically, there's a boyfriend of this girl. I, I'm sure he's in the first episode. Yeah, he's in the first episode. Yeah, <laughs> and uh,
1: he's one of the plot lines that I'm thinking I'm not going to really care about down the line, but
0: yeah I mean, as you go in with him, he is more of a modern character because he seems like a one trick pony, and then, as you go on, he has actually like another dimension to him, which you would not see in the in that era of film. But what I really like about this is so okay, so you have the Spielbergism, so some of the stuff that I picked up on so like you have the kids running around. They're wearing the same T-shirts you'd wear if you're in a Steven Spielberg movie from that time. Like, you know, the, the shirt with, like, I don't know, a Star Wars thing or whatever, and, like, the one stripe on each side. Or they're wearing, like, the pinstripe, like, shirts that are, like, blue with, like, white stripes or something like that. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, like a three-color thing, like, two stripes going down, like, across it. Um, so the wardrobe is, like, very Spielberg-esque. And I know that was around, but like that was specifically something you saw in Spielberg movies a lot. The ball caps, the way they were yeah. so with the curly hair underneath, such a Spielberg thing right there. Um, then like you have the sheriff who like had a kid. Like Steven Spielberg like always has like fathers that like are out of the picture or really flaky. So you got like there's a there's a father who shows up halfway through the series and he's a real douchebag to use the parlance you were saying the parlance of the time (laughs) or not time, depending on where you were. Um, And so, yes, you have that father, you have the sheriff that like, you know, like kind of doesn't believe the kids at first and then sort of figures it out. And he's like this small time, like, you know, like local sheriff. And then you have the big feds that are like the bad guys that you don't really know a whole lot about, but they're just there fucking things up. For everybody, but just so many Spielberg moves. Um, they're playing D and D, which like <laughs> is totally an E T. You know, like it's out there, and the way they're playing it and stuff Is very E T esque. I thought, um, and then like you have so the Steven Spielberg things. First off, in the title sequence, which has the song, the, the song, and I can't exactly describe. I wish I'd pulled the drop, but uh, it's. Well, here, I'll pull a drop right here. So it's basically, um, it's, it's John Carpenter esque, right? And they have a title sequence and I'm sitting there looking at the font and I'm like, that's a fucking Stephen King font. And I said, it's needful things. Okay, sure. But literally every Stephen King book.
1: No, but yeah. Like the one that stick, like I thought it was related to needful things. Yeah. Hold on. The font was dead on. Just vamp for a second um and so when i when i had first watched this uh seen it on show up on netflix i had seen it and because it had the needful things font it really interested me but i didn't think it was something
0: wow this is really interesting yeah, so I, what I just handed Brandon was yeah. uh it was literally the only Stephen King book I have anymore, which I've read so many of them, but for some reason that's the only one I, I still have but uh, I saw that and I was saying to my wife that's a Stephen King font and she kind of looked at me like yeah okay whatever I'm like no for real and I went to my bookshelf and I was the only one I had so it's the Bachman books but it's got Stephen King but it's the same font like literally yeah. every book that he does is that exact same font you know what's really and funny it's nothing when- I ever would have been able to put together if I hadn't seen it at this the title sequence of that show and it i've never seen that font anywhere else it's always stephen king books and so it just like popped out to me
1: well it's funny because you handed me this the bachman books here and i had this exact same uh (laughs) book it was the first stephen king book i had ever written oh really yeah which is ironic
0: because they're all under his his pseudonym richard bachman yeah
1: and what's really funny because the copy i had had the back page torn off just like this
0: one is maybe that's your copy and somehow i, wound I up with it. don't think so i just okay because i honestly don't know where i got that one like it's not the copy i had forever i'm not sure how no i had a copy show. just like this forever i yeah maybe i wound up with your copy somehow <laughs> but yeah that's the one that has like i think it's got thinner in it yeah it's got um, which is something I, I feel like that's the one that most people know, and then the, running, the man, running Man, which is nothing like the movie. Um, there's one called the Long Walk, which is really crazy, and I'm somewhat surprised, especially given reality TV today, that they haven't done the Long Walk. Um, and there's one I'm forgetting. Rage, rage, that's right. Yeah, I don't know about rage. But yeah, it's, I, I that's can't the weak one out of the four, but. Yeah. Yeah, the long walk is the one I'm surprised. Like, that's, that's a story that's about this teenager who enters this competition. And everybody wants to do it because the winner gets whatever they want. Like, that's, that surprise is whatever they want. But they have to walk at least four miles an hour or they get a warning. And then if they slow down below four miles an hour for every hour, like three times, then they get shot and killed and so it starts out with two people from every state and they just keep walking until one person is alive. And so like every person who's alive essentially you find out eventually like goes crazy because it's just like you see people dying around you and you have to walk forever. So it's a crazy thing but it's like with reality TV being what it is I'm I'm shocked that that's not like
1: Well, it hasn't been made. thinking about like, you know, the
0: Hunger Games or Yeah yeah the like popularity of that now yeah it's just surprising to me and it's like an old property that you know it's it's nobody i well maybe some people would accuse him of ripping it off but <laughs> i think like if you if you were somewhat knowledgeable whatsoever i mean that shit was written back in the 80s but anyway so it had the Stephen King font you have the Stephen King stuff like you have the villain who's like a bully who just, like, bullies the, the lead character needlessly and has, like, a couple of, like, nameless goons with him, basically. Like, that's such a Stephen King thing. Like, every Stephen King movie ever. And then there's a girl who's a, who's uh, one of the main characters of this uh, who has, like, supernatural powers. She basically has telekinesis. I'm, I'm not spoiling anything because all this stuff comes up in the first episode, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Um, and... It's so. It's not Firestarter, but it's so much like Firestarter that, like, it definitely has very heavy like. Um, it just it, it really has the feel of Firestarter in a lot of stuff. So it's like there's like Spielberg and King DNA all over this thing, and uh, like the movie Silver Bullet. There's a lot of stuff in Silver Bullet that feels like this movie. Uh, like a bunch of kids who are going after a werewolf. If you ever saw that movie from the '80s,
1: so I just pulled up a picture of the
0: Needful Things. Oh yeah, the font's a little bit different on that, but the that's the, a movie. That's that that's a movie, that's a movie poster. Yeah. But
1: just showing the the swirl over the end and stuff is the exact same they use in Stranger Things.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's just, like, it's it's crazy, like, all the homages to it. But when you pull away the homages, it's got a story that's fun. And for the most part, you can watch it with your family. Um, there, There is, like, one thing that made me a little bit uncomfortable with the girls where it was just, like, there was, like, them. There's, like, a couple that's having sex for the first time, but they really don't, like, There's there's not really anything to worry about like she goes down a bra and that's it and there's not like a whole lot of noise like they cut away so it's like it's not like a pervy thing or anything but it was like a little bit uncomfortable watching it with yeah like, with kids but for the most part you can watch it with with your kids which I like that too I mean it's it's something that I feel like the whole family can enjoy so I know my stepson got really into it and wanted to power through him before he went but I discovered it like right before he left. So I think we got through like five episodes with him and then my wife and I watched two more and we're definitely watching the last one tomorrow night. So, uh, I like this show. I, I'm sure it's going to get a second season cause it's got so much buzz, but that being said, I haven't seen the last episode. So maybe it like completely closes everything <laughs> and it's done. Who knows? <laughs> but that guy who plays the sheriff and i don't have his name handy like he's a fucking discovery man that guy, that dude nails it like he so nails that part of the sheriff like i feel like they would look for Kyle Chandler in that part right now <laughs> like coach taylor but they didn't have coach taylor so they're just like started going down and they found this dude and he fucking he knocks it out of the park man and matthew modine is like the villain in it like the the FBI age or FBI. I don't department
1: The government of energy. In, yeah. yeah.
0: Basically the government. It doesn't matter where he's, he's like from, the but, cigarette
1: smoking man.
0: Yeah. But I think he, I think they're technically in the department of energy. You eventually find out. Um, it's fun. And there's so much stuff. Like there, there's one part where they like call their science teacher because like, their science teacher like they, they basically just call him up in the middle of the night while he's watching John Carpenter's the thing with his <laughs> wife and uh, they call him up because they want to know how to make a uh, uh, what do you call those things you like lay in in the dark like and float do oh a you...
1: hyperbolic chamber
0: yeah yeah they want to make a hyperbolic or a hyperbaric oh, it's not is that what they call it Something tells me that's not the right term. That's like what Michael Jackson did, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's what like people that were undersea for a long time.
0: Okay. Well, anyway, they, they call him up to like find out how to make it, and he's just like... He's like, uh, sure, I could tell you on school. And he's like, but you told us to ask questions anytime And why are you not telling us the answers? <laughs> like, <laughs> so they like of him into doing it. And it's so, it's dude, this is so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous because they like take, and it's so what they would do in the eighties. So they like take this waiting pool and put it in the middle of like the high school gym because. I guess it's got to be in the high school gym. I don't know. They put in 1,500 pounds of salt, they say. You're like, 1,500 pounds of salt? That wading pool couldn't fit 1,500 (laughs) pounds of salt. But they like pour in 1,500 pounds of like rock or like uh, ice melt into it. And then like the girl's like floating and they put like, they basically cover her eyes to simulate like the darkness and everything. And I'm like, this, this would not work for what you're trying to do, but it's still entertaining all the same. Like it's, it's got a lot of the similar beats and the soundtrack's pretty good for like eighties songs and stuff. Like they don't play the ones that are too fucked out all the time. Like they're definitely songs, you know, but they're like more choosy and they pick songs that really fit the scene, which I think is like, A mark of a good movie that takes place in the 80s. Yeah. Because a lot of them are just like we're going to take the easy route out out and do like really popular songs from the 80s and they don't really think about how they fit or whatever. But these are ones if you listen lyrically they always fit to what they're talking about. So I, I enjoy that too. Like it's a fun karaoke thing. Just every everything about like it's like an 80s movie but with better camera work. Yeah. Not camera. Let me rephrase that. Like the framing is kind of the same, but like just technology, like it's an HD, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's an HD. So it looks really good, but so, um,
1: before I came over to record tonight, we're the, the, my oldest daughter's away at camp this week. So it was just my youngest daughter and wife, myself. And my daughter's flipping through Netflix today trying to find something. Uh-huh. She stopped on Batman the movie.
0: <laughs> the Adam West version. Yes. Word.
1: Yes. And this is my wife and daughter's first introduction to Batman the movie. Oh, they've
0: never seen it? No. How did that go?
1: At first or like whatever, and then just like watching it and just rolling
0: yeah. laughing cuz it's, it's so great. It's so funny. <laughs> It's so funny. The shark repellent. Like he, there's one part where he's like flying on the helicopter and he's got a rubber shark on his leg. It's so obviously a rubber shark too. He's like, Batman, or Robin, hand me the shark repellent. So he just leaves. They have
1: shark repellent. They have
0: like four or five
1: different repellents. They have a whole rack of different repellents on the (laughs) batcopter.
0: So he leaves the controls, climbs down this ladder. Hold on, hold on. You're not doing that justice. How does he hand it to him? No, I I was getting okay, to there. Okay.
1: No, so he climbs down the ladder about Rope halfway ladder. down like and what was even better was when they first lower the ladder down, lower the bat ladder, and it unfolds, and the very bottom rung's got a tag that says bat ladder. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Everything
1: is labeled. Everything. So Burr Ward's crawling down, like, gets halfway down, locks his legs into the rope ladder, <laughs> swings upside down to hand him the... Because <laughs> he's an acrobat,
0: guys. <laughs> Meanwhile, the helicopter's flying itself above. And doesn't he, like, he sprays, so then he gets the repellent from Robin. He sprays it, the shark falls off, and hits the water, explodes. explodes. <laughs> dude there's so much insane like hilarious stuff in that or like uh, uh another thing that i really like i mean everybody knows this sometimes you can't get rid of a bomb like we've joked about that so much i won't recover the or go back over that but uh there's also um there's a part where so they find out that a nuclear submarine, a nuclear submarine, no,
1: a was pre-nuclear submarine,
0: pre-nuclear. All right, so <laughs> gets like gets uh, rented to Penguin. No, so they sold it at an auction. Oh, so I like <laughs> literally, ju-
1: like that's the part I was at just before I left. Okay, so I'm like, this is all fresh, fresh in my
0: memory. What What did he use for a fake name? Was it like P N Gwyn? Yeah, P N Gwyn. <laughs> And Batman's like chastising a general. He's like, "You sold a nuclear submarine to the penguin?" No, he's
1: chastising. So, did he leave an address? Well, he left a PO box. <laughs> I love it. The like head of the navy is like playing tiddlywinks with his secretary.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that movie is so hilarious man i i cannot get enough of like it. if you
1: need just a roll laugh
0: it's on netflix so have fun oh and by the way check out the commentary if you got the dvd or blu-ray that has a commentary track, because adam west i know i've said it on the podcast before adam west gets drunker and drunker during the commentary and by the end of it it's so hilarious like, it's, it's fun before, and you can tell he loves being Batman, but he's just, like, so sloshed you can't even say his words by the end of it. It's great. Him and Burt Ward give a hell of a commentary. <laughs> and Burt Ward still sounds like Robin. Dude's, like, the super old, fat man now, and, like, he just sounds like a boy still. It's amazing. But, uh, God, how did we get off on that tangent? Talking <laughs> about Netflix <laughs> Well speaking of Batman, did you see any of the new Comic Con trailers? I watched from the, last week, I guess yeah. they're not new anymore, but we um, promised we'd talk yeah. about them.
1: Um the two the one the first one I wanted to get to was the uh, Justice League.
0: Okay. What what was your impression of the Justice League trailer?
1: Um I I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um I I really like where they're going with the Flash. Yeah. I felt like they they got his character right in just the, you know, 30 45 seconds that he's on there.
0: Yeah, kind of like an antisocial kid, not meaning to, but definitely like on the outskirts it seems yeah. like the and they kinda got like out. Spider-Man in, in Civil War right? Yeah.
1: Now. And I thought that was really interesting. Um Jason Momoa looked interesting is Seaman man
0: <laughs> basically looked like he did in game of thrones <laughs> yeah, they gave him scales <laughs> yeah <laughs> virtually no difference <laughs> i like that wonder woman was kind of fun like had funny comments and yeah it
1: looks like they're trying to bring some uh humor back into the dc universe
0: yeah That's what it seemed like that trailer was trying to prove, was like, hey, we got you guys' point, we're lightening the mood a bit. And I really caught that on the first time, but then I rewatched, it and I was like, you know, this isn't as funny as I originally thought. Like, I I really laughed at a couple of parts, but then when I'm watching it before, I'm like, there's actually not, there's only like two or three funny parts in the trailer, so maybe they didn't learn their lesson. (laughs) I don't know, we'll see. But it does seem like it's quite a bit lighter than it was before. Yeah. Um, I did like that Batman as Bruce Wayne is recruiting people. They're just like cutting through the shit and being like, yeah, we know each other's identities. They're not like leaning on the secret identity thing so much, which is nice. Yeah. That's kind of what Marvel's gotten over in a way. Like they're really not doing the identity thing too much. I mean, Spider-Man, you kind of have to have with a secret identity, but everybody else like they're just people that everybody knows. Yeah. So... Yeah, I, I dug that. Um, let's see what else do we have. Do you see the Lego Batman trailer, the new <laughs> yeah, one that they put out? That looked great. Yeah. It looks really fun. I really like the idea that they're doing arrested development, like uh uh re team up with because like, Robin is played by uh Michael Sarah. And just <laughs> I love that like he just got drunk at a gala and said he would adopt somebody and then like <laughs> suddenly like, uh oh. <laughs> He actually has to raise him. I love, and it was brought up in the previous trailers, but I still love it that he just wanders around the Batcave like with his Batman head on, still like his cowl. He just never really takes off his cowl ever. Like yeah, look
1: Alfred chastises him for it. Yeah, <laughs> kicks him off the computer.
0: <laughs> he locks him out of the computer. Yeah. <laughs> Really it looks like it's of, gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's that should be more of DC's tone, I think. <laughs> they should learn from the Lego Batman trailer. And
1: Batman the movie.
0: Yeah, and Batman the movie. That's right. The original Batman movie. Let's see what else. Wonder Woman. What'd you think of that trailer? Um Already seems like you're similar to me. Just in that um in that long pause. Yeah, I don't
1: know how to it's more of the same DC movie
0: yeah. stuff. It seems like it's done with those uh, that dark, bluish, greenish color palette. Yeah. Um, definitely. Really muted tones. Yep. Definitely like, uh, uh, I not, like not light. It doesn't seem like it's a light movie. No. Though. I do like that they're doing the World War One thing, like doing a period piece. I like that.
1: Yeah, I like that too.
0: I like that they got Chris Pine for it. I'm hoping that he'll bring some some light scenes to it. Being a, he did say one joke in it. Um something about you can do that. I I don't remember what it was anymore, but uh so I there's things that I like. I like that the I don't know. I just I I like the way she's fighting things and like clearly clearly a warrior. That she's, she's got this long history. Although
1: I was, the second time I watched it, I'm like, she spends 40% of that movie on her knees, sliding across the floor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice that, but I'll watch for that next time. <laughs> a lot of sliding, huh? Yeah. That's like me when I play Guile in Ugh. Street Fighter 2. <laughs> How was that for a pull? <laughs> yeah, so I do have some hopes. All right, I think we hit all the DC stuff, right? Yeah. Okay, so there was uh Doctor Strange, there's a new trailer for that. Anything jump out at you on that one? I
1: don't think I watched that
0: one. Yeah. There wasn't really a whole lot. I mean, there's more like kind of trippy stuff.
1: Oh, uh, did you see the new Marvel intro? Uh
0: which one? Defenders?
1: No, the actual like were the uh intro they put the Marvel Studios in, intro? I did.
0: I don't remember what it is, though.
1: Well, they had, because originally, or the last, you know, since Iron Man came out, they've been doing where they have the the Marvel logo and then, like, the cartoons flat, or the...
0: Yeah, like, the comic The flashing
1: through. Well, they have that for 10, 15 seconds, and then it actually, like, does, like, a 3D pop-out of... All the characters that have like Black Panther, Iron Man, oh, maybe
0: I haven't seen that
1: no, that was one of the big things Marvel introduced is their new their new uh, Marvel Studios logo
0: that that's cool. Um, yeah, so I don't really have a whole lot to say about dr Strange. I, I'm a little more psyched than I was before. Um, I'm just gonna see it like I, I we've been saying for a while their commercials rarely knock me out. It's just like I'm gonna go because I know it'll be good most of the time. You know, so I'm looking forward to it. But they had a few more trippy things, which you kind of want to see with Doctor Strange. You want it to be a trippy movie if it's going to be even close to source material. Um, Um, What was it? I I saw a 3D trailer
1: for that at the because I went to the Star Trek Beyond in IMAX. Ah, you
0: saw it too. We should get back to that in a little bit. But yeah,
1: I got a fun story with
0: that one. Okay, so. so what about what about the commercial?
1: It looked. Like, it was just amazing in 3D, the IMAX. So, well, although it was, I was kind of disappointed because the, the IMAX trailer for it wasn't in 3D.
0: Oh, bummer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, but, are they even going to make it in 3D then? I don't know. Yeah. I probably, mo- probably try you to. Know, avoid
1: I, that if I, you know, I can. think they are because I think I saw. Maybe it was a Ghostbusters. One of the last 3D movies I saw where they had released yeah, a 3D I trailer. It, I think they did have a 3D, trailer and it trailer looked just beautiful in 3D. Okay, maybe I will. Especially like where it. the the scene where the like city's like folding around itself, kind of Inception yeah, style, like four four yeah. ways. Like seeing that in 3D was pretty amazing.
0: Okay, so the things that they're really pushing uh, at Comic Con. Was their new Netflix shows, which I'm so fucking psyched, dude. Did you see the Luke Cage trailer? I have seen nothing of the Netflix shows. The Luke Cage trailer is amazing, dude. Like, it starts out, you basically see him. uh, He's like, he's talking to some old guy who's just like around the neighborhood, I guess. Cause uh, Luke Cage is from Harlem, as I recall. I think he's from Harlem. I think they put him in Devil's Kitchen. For the for the Netflix show, but I think he's usually around Harlem, and he's just talking about the guy is like basically alluding the fact that Luke Cage has powers, he should use them, and so they have this sequence where he like goes outside and he rips off a car door like off of a car, and he just smashes down a door with it, and this dude just like throws all the like just so much machine gun into the door. And he just, like, pulls aside the door and, like, wraps it around a guy. <laughs> like, literally just wraps it around a guy. And he's got, like, bullet holes or, like, smash bullets all over his his uh, his shirt. Because, like, he's got bulletproof yeah. skin, you know. So they can't. Get, like, his skin's supposed to be hard as steel or something. So it's just fucking badass. And they use, like, a, a pretty cool song with it. Just check it out if you get a chance. Like, it, it looks fun. Uh, Luke Cage, they just did kind of a, or Luke Cage, uh, Iron Fist, they did kind of like a teaser for. There's not really a whole lot there. You just basically see Danny Rand in a cell. He's got a big long beard. And uh, that's pretty much all there is to that one. There's yeah. not a whole lot. And then the Defenders, there's even less. People are getting excited about that. And I'm like, I can't be excited about this because we were talking about this on the podcast like four years ago. <laughs> like, it's like doing a remix of a Nirvana come as you are song and just saying the defenders on the screen does nothing for me. <laughs> I know this is happening already. Everything we've talked about Netflix show leads back to that somehow. So it's a, uh, but I guess I made some people excited cause they don't run podcasts for pop culture. So they're not always right up on all this stuff. And then they had a trailer for Legion, which was interesting. I think that's the one that Fox is doing. Uh, for X-Men, and it seems like it's like a school or something. I didn't.
1: I heard about it. I didn't get a chance to see that trailer. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I watched it once, and I was like, this looks interesting. I'll probably check it out. So X-Men has been doing just enough to get me to like pay for movie tickets and watch their shows, so I'll check it out. I don't expect it to be as good as Netflix, but it could be. It could surprise me. It looks a little trippy, so um, I like that. And then the last news I had out of Comic Con I want to talk about was uh, Anton Yelchin. Is that how you say his name? Yeah, the guy play played Checkoff in the new Star Trek movies. Um, so of course he died a couple weeks ago. Uh, they announced that they won't replace him in the fourth Trek movie. Which I guess the big news there is actually that there's a fourth Trek movie. So it was kind of in question as to whether Zachary Quinto and Chris Pine would do it because their contracts are up after three. So I guess they re-signed or they're recasting. But I think they're on it because that would have been big news, right? I would think so. Yeah. But they said they're not going to recast Chekhov. So I don't know if they're going to like work in his death into the the show and talk about it. Or if they're just going to have him like become a captain somewhere. Something like that. Who knows? But... I do kind of like that they're just like okay, we're just gonna set them aside. This was our checkoff, so yeah, it does say a lot for like um, that ensemble. You know what I mean? Like that that they're just yeah they're not willing to just replace a guy like that. Like I kind of like that. It it feels like it's
1: you know, and which is
0: ironic because they're all replacing people, but you know what I mean.
1: Um, going to see. So getting back, I went and saw. Star Trek Beyond and IMAX.
0: Yeah. Out in Spokane. And I wanted to talk to you about this quite a bit. This is my lead into that because when River is here last week, she didn't see the movie. She's not particularly interested in Trek, so I didn't want to bore her, like, sitting there while I talked forever. <sighs> but you saw it, so we gave you a week, dude. Yeah. I don't know what to say. Like, fucking say whatever you, you want. Yeah, about you
1: had a movie. week and you knew it was coming. So. Yeah.
0: So what did you think about it?
1: I really liked it. Um, I mean, I almost had tears at the end. When uh, he was looking through uh, Leonard Nimoy, Spock' personal belongings, looking at that photo from Star Trek. Five. Oh my god i i I had some a uh, little bit misty right there.
0: Yeah, that was weird. Where I got like,
1: because that was like one of the last times that they had the whole original cast together.
0: Yeah. Well, they did in parts. Well, I guess Sulu wasn't really there for part six. Sulu wasn't
1: there, and was Dugan still alive?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scotty's in it. Okay, he's pissed off that the Enterprise isn't working like it's supposed to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's basically his like through line for part five and part six. But <laughs> he said he's pissed off at the new enterprise,
1: yeah. Just like, well, it was just weird because looking at that picture, like, how many people have passed away since that picture was taken, yeah. So Cause Dugan's passed away, Leonard Nimoy, and uh, uh,
0: the guy who played Bones, yeah, uh, Forrest De- De- DeForest Kelly, yeah, yeah. You were part way there. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I feel like there's more, but I don't,
0: I feel like those are the heavy three, yeah. I mean, the uh, The guy who played Spock's dad passed. Uh, It's like Mark Leonard or something, I think. I don't know if I could ever come up with that name without Googling it. I could just be mixing in (laughs) Leonard his (sighs) name somehow. The dude who played Spock's dad, I'm pretty sure I heard he passed away a little bit ago, too. But we still got, we still for sure, we have uh, um, William Shatner. Definitely got George Takei in Uh, a weird way probably more popular than ever yeah Nichelle nichols uh who are we forgetting gonna have to turn in my nerd card (sighs) here um nurse chapel still around (laughs) she's not really one of the big ones though because she didn't make it to the movies she's just a computer voice uh let me think there's somebody we're forgetting i'm sure of it It's weird because I'm like going through like old movie faces and then I'm like reversing back and going through like young (laughs) show faces. Okay, I got one check off still alive. Uh, Walter Canning. Yeah. In fact, he is doing, last I heard, he's doing like a Trek series. It's like a fan based thing. And I don't know if that's still going to happen or not since Paramount announced that they were doing that show that was streaming on CBS's new site um, I don't know if they put a bag over that or not but it was an interesting idea because they had like Walter Kenning playing checkoff as like a 200 year old guy and they had the Vulcan and uh, um, Voyager was in it I feel like they had somebody from Next Generation but I can't can't remember now uh, and I think think maybe Robert Picardo. I could be mistaken on that, but there's probably a night like screaming at me right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there is. But it was like a really interesting idea. They were basically just taking all these people from previous shows and being like, let's just put them all on one yeah. big show. Um,
1: the other thing I kind of liked from that really liked from that movie was, uh, I felt like they got the tone of the movie more so back to the original. Yeah. Um, Cause it seemed like they were really like trying to push that this is a action based movie. And I feel like there was plenty there, but it wasn't the pl- the
0: plot driver. It's really funny too, because you looked at like when they announced that Justin Lin was doing a lot of people were like, really Jeremy cons- Lin or Jeremy Lin. Uh, they were concerned. Wait, isn't Jeremy Lin a basketball player? Oh, <laughs> I think I was right. Justin Lin. <laughs> I win this time Mm -hmm. I win (laughs) I didn't fuck up but uh, yeah like when they announced him as the director everybody was like oh god the Fast and Furious guy they're just gonna keep going in the action direction and then the first trailer came out which was fun but it was so it was very action driven and Simon Pegg was so adamant that you know hey there's more to it that you know they're just trying to sell the movie like give it a chance there's a lot of stuff that's not in the trailer And I felt like he didn't lead us astray with that. Like, there really was. Now, the plot, you could definitely see in a Star Trek episode, but not one of the better Star Trek episodes. Yeah. Um, Like, what we were talking about, I think, that we were hopeful for didn't really happen in this one, which was, like, a plot to really think about for a while. I mean, that wasn't delivered, but everything else, they checked off every other box, and it was happening. I
1: mean, like, the kind of formula formula they used to use on the original series where a problem would present itself and they'd come up with a solution to the problem that was, oh, it's like putting extra air in a balloon sort of thing.
0: Yeah. It definitely was a plot that you would see in original Star Trek. Like you have a guy who's, uh, feels like he's abandoned by the Federation. And so he turns against the Federation as a basic plot you would totally see in Star Trek. Yeah. Like every other episode, but the ones that people remember are stuff like uh, when it's like an allegory for the Cold War or like there's just so many, so many intelligent things that like the nature of God or like all of these kinds of things, you know, Um, they went into a lot of like territory like that, like a lot of cerebral stuff that they didn't hit in this movie. That being said, I'm not complaining. It was just something I hoped I would see. But man, like the character interaction was really good. Um, Spock had fun screen time with Bones. Like, <laughs> like it was the perfect pairing for those two, and they hit it just right, too. Where, like, they clearly like each other and yeah. respect each other, but also, like, Bones is cranky, and especially cranky towards Spock just for being different. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, uh... Um, you know, when I... I've. And you, I
1: think you hit up this on this last week with uh, the relationship between Spock and Kirk.
0: Yeah, very, very subtle what they do, but it—it's it not does... doesn't
1: seem forced like it had previously.
0: Yeah, they were trying like, and that was Zach's big complaint with End of Darkness. But having rewatched it, I have to agree with them. He was right. Um, it they definitely like tried to like tell us that they were friends, even though they didn't show us. That they were friends at all. This one was more. They have like what three interactions in the movie, and they're all very subtle things. Yeah, like
1: like an awkward pause sort
0: of thing. Like, and they're both tired, and they don't really want to get into what's bothering them. The first two, but they clearly like each other. Yeah, which I like. It's just it's just the way that they act was it was really well done. Like they just kept it it's like i want to talk
1: about this over a beer but i don't have time for a
0: beer right now and spock probably wouldn't have a beer with (laughs) no but i mean
1: that's kind of the feeling that was there at the like in that
0: scene and there's so many in jokes for like star trek in that too if you want to get super nerdy like where they have the thing with like checkoff and uh where like bones and and uh Kirk are having a drink for Kirk's birthday, which is also his dad's, the day his dad died. So it's like not exactly a celebratory day for him. But Bones goes to get into uh, 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 Chekhov's locker and like. He has scotch. (laughs) Yes. He has has a a really good bottle of scotch. 12 year old
1: Glenfiddich scotch.
0: Yeah. And so he's like, wow, I thought he'd be more into. Yeah, vodka. Yeah. (laughs) Which. It's funny for so many things because, first off, in the original series, yeah, Chekhov totally would have been about vodka. Like anything Russian was great. They had like so many original episodes where he was just the blowhard talking about like how Russians did everything the best all the time. But then they also had an episode, and I want to say it was The Trouble of Tribbles, where he's, he's sitting in a bar with Scotty and he's shooting off his mouth. And he's talking about how scotch was actually invented by the Russians. (laughs) And so the fact that, like, you know Simon Pegg did that on purpose. Like, he put in scotch because they don't know that it's Russian, but Scotty, Scotty may not know it's Russian or Bones or Kirk or anything, but Chekhov totally knows it's Russian, <laughs> and it's an in-joke to like an old series thing that you don't have. You can still laugh at it for a completely different reason. I just like there was so much stuff like that that I really enjoyed in the movie. Um, yeah, I was just really impressed. Uh, another little criticism I have was they covered Idris Ilba with so much makeup during it that you couldn't really see him emote. Yeah, which bothered me a little bit, but. I just feel like why do you get like a super great actor like Idris Elba and then like put 25 pounds of makeup on him, you know, but you got to see him towards the end of the movie. So I guess that was good. And it's not like there's a lot of nuance to that character anyway. Yeah. He's pretty much a one note character, right? Revenge. (laughs) Basically a revenge character.
1: So the other part of that story is actually going to the IMAX theater. Yeah. So, we went out we were out in Spokane on our vacation and we were just looking at things to do in Spokane. I'm like, "Well, I kind of want to see the new Star Trek movie." And they have an IMAX. They actually have two IMAX theaters in Spokane. One's at the Riverfront Silverwood. Park. Oh, okay. Where but it's just like it's sort of like going to a planetarium show.
0: Yeah. I've been to that IMAX.
1: Yeah, and so I was like, "Ah, I don't really want to pay IMAX theater to see some documentary about whales or whatever. Yeah,
0: I saw one about horses there.
1: Yeah, that sort of... it just... I don't know. It wasn't something was... But I'm like, ooh, Star Trek and IMAX. Now there we're talking. (laughs) And that was playing at the downtown imax so um and my wife's like yeah sure uh, we can do that and my youngest daughter sydney she she's been to she went to into darkness with me and saw that in 3d so she was in on that the older daughter however is very anti-star trek
0: oh she's is she buying the star? You have to like Star Wars or Star. Yeah, cool she's edge. she's yeah. I think I talked about that last week. My opinion on that,
1: and I I agree with you. I I love them both. So yeah, me too. Uh,
0: and I I would I would say that I know more about both than most people. Like I the super hardcore people are definitely beyond me. Yeah, but I. I know a lot about both, and I don't see why you can't I have like a, both. I have a big
1: appreciation big, for both of them.
0: Yeah, and they're very different, yeah. which is what I appreciate, too. Like, I watch them for different reasons, you know? But and anyway. I've,
1: and I've watched the original series, a lot of The Next Generation, and then I fell out for a while, but I got back in in uh, Enterprise.
0: We yeah. got back. We saw some Voyager in high school. Yeah, I, like a not. And I saw some Deep Space. Deep yeah. Space Nine. Like you it's saw just like, like, like Rogue episodes here or there, but you weren't really like. It
1: never really caught on to me. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Um,
0: I did like I. I will admit that when they introduced Seven of Nine. Uh, I watched Voyager for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> I did start making that a habit, so I did catch like the last season or two of that yeah. show for all the wrong reasons. Once again, but <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Shannon was out. Did she not go to it, or did she? No, go we under drug her, her in. Drug
1: her in anyway. Did she enjoy it? She enjoyed it enough,
0: not enough where she's like, "Hey, Dad, let's go watch the show." But definitely, like, I'm not gonna bitch about this. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um and but the IMAX Theater downtown is it's really like the next to Riverfront Park, there's like a shopping mall that's like on the first and second floor of like three or four blocks.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've been to and, Riverfront Yeah, a lot.
1: and they're like all interconnected by sky bridges, so you can like walk to different ones. Well, in the middle of this mall, there's this set of escalators that go up. There's six flights of escalators that you go up and up and up and up. (laughs) And the movie theaters like six or eight stories in the, in, in this building, then you go. And then that's where like the lobby of the theater is. Then you go up another two flights of escalators (laughs) to the IMAX theater. So it's, and like the lobby is all open, so they're like you're riding just this escalator with the arm rail, and then there's like a six story drop.
0: Yeah, that's.
1: While you're going on an escalator, that's grrr, 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 and you're like, oh, this is not fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and they have, don't they have like the clear tubular like elevators in there too? No. Oh, okay. I must be thinking about a different one, but. I soon remember something like that somewhere around Riverfront Park
1: uh, it was it was kind of weird,
0: <laughs> yeah, okay, well, um, did you have anything else you wanted to hit? Oh it's...
1: no, I think I got it all,
0: okay, so I wanted to close off with one thing this isn't like a uh anything about pop culture, but um we have a friend named Colin Corbett It's come up a few times he's been on the podcast a couple of times uh so I think we've helped with some fundraisers for him and definitely pointed the way for things, but he's got Crohn's disease. And so he want, he was addressing something on Facebook and, uh, I was like, I'm going to bring that up on the podcast. And so, um, I'm just going to read what he said there because it's basically addressed to anybody. (laughs) And, uh, he can say it more eloquently than I ever could because he's living it. But so this is Colin Corbett. Um, hey there America remember last September when Martin Scher- is that how he says his name Schicrelli? sure that douchebag who was yeah yeah okay we'll go on uh, raised the price of toxoplasmos medication by 5,000% about $750 a pill remember how we all joined in together and made all these internet memes celebrating what a douchebag he was and how much better we all were than him there's that word again douchebag is the yeah. word of the day dude <laughs> Since that time, I've been waiting for approval on a medication to treat my Crohn's disease and inflammatory arthritis that costs around $45,000 in my region for just the induction dose and exceeds $100,000 a year for treatment. This is not even unusual. The last medication I was on treated both of these conditions and cost $24,000 every six weeks. In fact, it was cheaper to have my whole large intestine surgically removed, about $7,000, than it is for a single dose of many of the biological medications that have been prescribed for my autoimmune disease. This is an issue I care very deeply about because it directly affects my life. What many of you may not realize is that it affects yours too, even if you're not sick. Do you think that I'm paying hundreds of thousands of dollars a year just on medications to stay alive? Of course I'm not. I do not have hundreds of thousands of dollars. Most of the time I don't even have hundreds of dollars. It turns out that you are paying for most of this whether it is through increased insurance costs, taxes or even charity. I am sure many of you remember the multiple fundraisers and benefits that have been held to help me with my medical expenses. Don't get me wrong, I'm very glad that you are. I couldn't get by if you didn't but I really think that we all deserve a better deal. I was thrilled when I saw a sudden spark of interest in the unreasonable pricing of medications last year, but this interest seemed to be short-lived and was largely fueled by misleading headlines, stories, and sensationalism. I might suggest next time you decide to take an interest in the subject of medication pricing or anything really, you take a less narrow approach. Instead of shaming one act by one person on the internet and calling it a day, Take the time to learn about the issue and contact your Senators and Congresspeople and demand action. If they do not listen to you, do not vote for them. Call attention to the system that allows this to happen and give the subject the tenacity that it deserves. Choosing a scapegoat and assassinating their character may be quick, easy, and even sometimes feel good, but the satisfaction that it brings ultimately slows systemic change by fooling us into believing we have succeeded when actually we have done very little. Do not be satisfied. We do not. Win, we did not win this battle. We may have succeeded in preventing a dramatic, of a price increase of Daraprim as Mister Sherkelly would like, but ultimately the system remains unchanged. So, I mean, it's. I, I don't know what else to yeah. add to that except for just, you know, get on the internet. It's really easy. Like this is that we're in a time where it's easier to get a hold of your governor or congressperson or whoever than it ever was. You literally just look up their name and there will be an email address attached somewhere. Um, I can say, I'll I'll just say my own story here, which had nothing to do with that, except for I got a hold of the governor of Montana, Brian Schweitzer, one time, because <clears throat> my wife was babysitting. And there's basically this fund where, um, it, it's a long story, but basically we were owed some money by the, by the government and we didn't get it. And we kept trying to go through the proper channels and it wasn't working. So I literally just wrote an email to Brian Schweitzer. Shit got done a week later. Like it got done. And the thing is, is if you actually like take the time to send an email or call somebody and like, even if you talk to a staffer, they listen, they really do listen because if you get to the point of where you write an email or you make a phone call They know that it's worth their time because that's going to be a voter who's definitely going to vote for them. And they know that if there's one person stepping up, there's probably a couple thousand who aren't saying anything who feel the same way. So all I'm saying is like, just get like, this is huge. This affects us all. Like everybody should just send an email, just send one email, take like five minutes, send an email. And if we get enough of them, maybe we can actually enact some real change by doing that super simple thing. You don't have to put in a lot of time and it can actually be done and, you know, read up on it a little bit so that when you send an email, they don't just discount it (laughs) because you don't know what you're talking about.
1: Yeah. And you know, I, I know exactly where Colin's coming from. I mean, I, I'm paying over $600 a month for my daughter's, uh, insulin medication. That's
0: insane.
1: Yeah. And it's all out. And it actually, and it costs me more to buy her insulin through insurance than it does to buy it straight from the pharmacy.
0: Yeah. And it's not like that money doesn't affect us somewhere. No.
1: And so we're actually paying more because we're paying the premiums for the, the insurance on top of that. So, I mean, stuff needs to change.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of evil motherfuckers and well, let me rephrase that. There's a lot of evil corporations, which I almost feel like corporations just by their nature a little bit evil because they're just about the bottom line, which is making money. So let's just throw a monkey wrench in that and make it a little bit difficult for them to make money on the backs of sick people. that's fucked up. I mean, I I don't know any other way to say it. It's just it's a messed up thing. So I got on my soapbox. Take it easy.
1: Actually, have debates on my show. It's called "That's Debatable," but I don't really have an affirmative or negative debate. Really, it's not a win or loss kind of debate. The way that I have organized the show is to kind of try to talk about arguments, um, as opposed to having any one argument in particular. I think talking about arguments is a fun way to have an
0: argument. You're kind of arguing with people, as opposed to necessarily against them. A not safe for network podcast
1: take that OD, you drink it down to the label, Yeah. you uh, get yourself a funnel from a gas station,
0: uh, <laughs> yeah. you then pour sauce in up to where the, the malt liquor started. Fill her back up. Mm-hmm. So you got yourself a little bit of a buzz on because you just drank about a third of a bottle of malt liquor. Put it inside yourself. Experience mm-hmm. what we just had the absolute privilege of mm-hmm. experiencing in such a thickening. Yeah. I don't see any way that anyone's ever going to regret this. No. We had a good life.
1: When Wilfred Brimley is telling you that that's what he's gonna do, you're like, oh wow, it must be alien. It's
0: totally because the mustache.
1: Yeah, yeah, believe the mustache because when he is in the thing and he is missing the mustache, bad news. There's something about him that's not Something's right, and the characters pick off. up on it right away and they lock him away. <laughs> you know, the plot suggests it's for other reasons, but he is a man that should have a mustache, and when he doesn't, it codes for strangeness and just all around wrongness and weirdness.
0: The alien movie project. Hi, I'm Biggs. Check out my podcast, Biggs on Film, where I do insightful commentaries on films that you love. Uh, Gort, the robot, they call him Newt. Yeah, Newt, like like he's uh, Norwe- like, Norwegian. Yeah, <laughs> he's mostly Norwegian, mostly. The two fancy skeletons in the back are the worst. <laughs> I know they're the best. Like it's no wonder they lost this battle. <laughs> That's a gross-looking punching bag. Dude. Oh yeah, I'd be that worried punching. Worried punching that bag. I think he might have. Given that punching bag salmonella. Well, every now and then it's insightful. Find us on iTunes.